Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, we are back on our main topic for this week, and as we covered on Monday's episode, part of the discussion about this question of why does God let a child die really needs to be reframed a bit, because if we're talking about why a specific instance of uh, uh, or a specific child has died and why God would allow that, the only answer that we can give is that we don't know. We aren't God. And so the question needs to be reframed from a more general perspective of why why would God allow children to die? And as we get into this, there are a lot of philosophical questions to consider. There are a lot of ethical questions to consider. And part of what I want to do in this particular episode is to sort of demonstrate to us just how out of our depth we are once you really go down the rabbit hole on a question like this. And so in order to to help demonstrate that, I want to invite you to conduct a, a bit of a thought experiment with me here. And I'm going to sort of, I'm going to frame the question. And if you'd like to, you can even pause for a few minutes and think about it or write down your answers or even discuss it with someone if you happen to be listening together. And then I'm going to start to talk through, at least from my perspective, all the different questions that begin to pop into my head as, as I consider questions like this. So, so here's the scenario. It is totally up to you and basically on your plate to make this decision. And you have the power to eliminate one cause of child mortality. And that could be anything. It could be accidents. It could be bone cancer. It could be trafficking and and abduction. And it could be anything, anything that you decide. You can eliminate one cause of child mortality. However, the cure for this, uh, to, to be able to facilitate eliminating this cause, requires one child's life. Let's just say for the sake of example that maybe we've chosen a particularly painful uh, type of child mortality, something like bone cancer. The scenario here would then follow that in order to eliminate that cause of child mortality and to create a cure, there is, let's just say, a particular child that we've identified who has a miracle immune response, some sort of antibody that is a genetic mutation that we can replicate, but we need enough of their blood, in fact, all their blood to be able to do it. So the idea here is that you can take away and remove a significant amount of suffering, specifically with regard to the death of children in the world. However, it is not without cost. And the question is, first of all, would you do it? So that's the first question is, is would you make that decision to sacrifice or require the life of one child in order to save potentially many, many more? 
Is that a decision that you would take on? And if it is, then the the other question becomes, what is the one cause of mortality that you would choose to remove? Because it's not like we are short on choices when it comes to that kind of a thing. Now, part of this, the, the reason for this thought experiment here is to begin to open us up to just a deluge of questions that need to be answered. For instance, if we're going to stop at the very first question and say, is this even a choice that I'm willing to make? The, the first thing we need to consider is why are we somehow morally justified in making a decision that requires anyone's life? Is that really authority that we have in the first place? Is there anyone's life that we can unilaterally sacrifice outside of our own, perhaps? I don't think that there is. However, this kind of thinking happens all the time in ethical dilemmas. You've got things like the trolley scenario and and so on and so forth, where you have to make the decision over, you know, do you crash into the the bus of school children or do you crash into the old lady? And those are those are the kind of ethical dilemmas that are are posited in, uh, in, in philosophy classes. But my, my aim with this is to get us more thinking about this is a little bit of a different scenario because we're not talking about an accident that, that can't be prevented and that you have to make a choice one way or the other. We're talking about an intentional choice to require someone's life. Is that, the, is that an authority that you and I have? Bear in mind, they haven't done anything. This isn't like a a death row or some sort of execution. Uh, This is the taking of one innocent life uh, to save uh, potentially more. So that's the first thing we need to think about. And and many of us would appeal to some sort of greater good to say that, well, I don't like the decision. I don't think it's a good decision. It makes me feel all gross inside. However, if I can save two or four or ten or thousands or millions of lives, then isn't that for the greater good? Isn't that worth it? Well, I'm not sure. And that might make you scratch your head for a minute, but I, I promise I will I will tell you what I mean by that in just a minute here. But I also want to think about a couple other questions we need to consider. Let's say that we are willing to make this this bargain, this trade, which I, again, I'm I'm going to say right up front, I don't think we have the authority to do, but let's say that we did. Now we have the choice of what kind of cause of mortality are we going to eliminate if we can only eliminate one? And on what possible basis do we make that decision, right? You have have the criteria of, say, pain, where you could say, yeah, uh, something like bone cancer is incredibly painful. And it is just suffering from beginning to end for those uh, who, who do have to deal with it. And so I would eliminate that, okay? That's certainly one way you could look at it. However, if we're talking about greater good and we're trying to eliminate the most suffering that we can eliminate, the, the, the facts are that bone cancer is responsible for a vanishingly small amount of child death relative to all the other deaths that occur. If we were just looking to eliminate a large swath of death in the world, then we would want to eliminate something like accidents around the house. We would want to eliminate 
motor vehicle accidents, car accidents. We would want to eliminate drownings in backyard pools, things of that nature. But again, on what basis do we make this decision and and this distinction? No matter how we define it, we're going to be basing it on what seems good to us in the moment, right? And there's really no other perspective that we can have on it. We can look at the numbers, we can look at the data, and then we can make a a determination based on that. But again, it just is based on what seems good to us in the moment. So questions we need to consider as we sort of move forward is, yes, we've talked about maybe greater good is something that gets appealed to here, but realistically, who gets to define what the greater good even means? And I, I'm asking that honestly because we it might seem evident to us that, well, greater good just means less suffering. But what I mean is how do you know what will ultimately result in less suffering. It might seem obvious on the on the face of it that you know the death of one child is less suffering in the world than uh, the the deaths of hundreds or thousands or even millions. However, we also have to ask ourselves this question of just, well, then how much child death is acceptable? In our scenario, one child dying was okay because it justified us saving how many others. Well, if one child could save 10, does that mean that we should be okay with 100 children being sacrificed so that we can save 10,000? Should we be okay with sacrificing a million children so that we can save a billion lives? Where does it end? And when do we become uncomfortable? Just how much uh, are we okay with? And I think we should start to see that anywhere we draw the line here is completely, completely arbitrary. It's just arbitrary. Each one of us can stomach a different number. That doesn't make the number objectively right. It just means that we all have a different line. But that's the point. If we all have a different line, then none of us are objectively looking at this as if, well, I have the the sole true perspective on this and everyone else is wrong. No, we're all wrong. <laughs> we're all wrong. That's the point. Moreover, we talked about this idea of sacrificing one child to save some. But here's a question that many of us don't consider. What if that one child that we decided that their life was worth it, what if that one child would have grown up to become the next Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? to become someone who completely revolutionizes the world with regard to civil rights, to human rights, and who creates an atmosphere in the world that ultimately leads to the the health and the life and the well-being of untold numbers of people. But we sacrifice them because in the moment, it seemed like the greater good. What if, on the other hand, that one child, if we choose not to sacrifice them, What if that one child grows up to be the next Adolf Hitler or Benito Mussolini or Mao Zedong? We just don't know. We just don't know. And the point is, is I want you to feel a little bit stuck with this scenario because no matter which thing you choose, no matter where you go, you should find yourself realizing that you just have a frustratingly small amount of information compared to what you actually would need to make a decision like this. My point is that when it comes to asking a question about, you know, well, this is what God should have done here, or why would God allow this? He, he should have done this over here. We are so far out of our depth 
we, we have really no way of gauging what God should or shouldn't have allowed because we cannot see the bigger picture. We have no idea what would have happened in different circumstances like God. We have no idea what the overarching goal or trajectory of this whole situation is. We have no idea how what has just happened is going to impact people generations from now in other countries, which is at least on the table as a possibility if we're willing to accept that God is sovereign over all of human history. So I want to get tomorrow into a specific example in the Bible where God not only allowed but commanded the death of children. And I want to start to look at it from hopefully a more big picture perspective because this is an example that comes up all the time when people are trying to sort of create division and and, uh, question the Bible and the goodness of God and all these other things. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it head on tomorrow. 